think the season finale, like, is literally, or the series finale is this week. Oh, perfect. So I get the whole thing. Yeah, you can get the binge the whole thing. All right, Chaz, welcome back to The Grit. April 11th, 11th, 2019. My dad's birthday was yesterday. No way. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mr. Smith. Mr. Larry Smith. Wow. Yep. Um, Surfing Heritage and Culture Center was kind enough to open their doors early and allow us to record. It's a phenomenal place. It is. Got to come up here. Doing the Lord's work. Up here. The Duke's work. Uh, Really the Smithsonian of surfing. And uh, I won't reveal. I was just going to actually maybe say something that isn't supposed to be known yet. But big things on the horizon. Big things on the horizon. And I was talking to him further. And the big thing on the horizon uh, might be happening in May. We could be down there and doing a satellite show at the big thing on the horizon. This May? This May. No way. I mean, it's not ready this May, but there's going to be a pop-up uh, whole thing going on. Okay. I did not know that. Speaking of speaking of Event Horizons, mm. uh, did you see the picture of the black hole yesterday? Mm-hmm. They finally got a picture of a black hole. It's how many bill? It's literally like tens of billions of, suns. of times larger than the sun. Yeah. Insane. Very insane. But the picture is almost meaningless to me. Like, it's just a black hole. Well, it's black on the outsides and then there's like an orange center that's all blurry. Like they could have just made up the photo in Photoshop. What is it? Like I was really curious as I was reading. I thought nothing was in a black hole. Right. It's a place that light can't escape, right? I don't know. I think that's what it is. I have no clue. Hmm. I don't understand any of it. Yeah. Well, good thing. I don't either. <laughs> I read the whole article just scratching my head. It's a good thing. It's a good thing we don't do a science podcast. Well, what are the implications for us? You know, like what does all of this mean? What well, is this? I mean, that's what I was wondering. Is I was also watching the uh, Fifth Element. Remember the Fifth Element? Yeah, it's awesome. The, yeah, Mila Jovovich. Totally, are Mia. You well, I was wondering what happened to Mia. I have no clue. She, I've not seen her, but she's phenomenal yeah. in there. Bruce, it's like it's like peak Bruce Willis too. Mm-hmm. He's like his Bruce Willis best. But I feel there's like a black hole concept. Remember, it's the evil or thing, the thing that's like, or, you know, never ending story, like the nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. If these black holes keep sucking things in, do they suck things in? I don't like know. eventually is the whole entire, everything going to be sucked into a black hole? Could like, be. Yeah. Have you seen you? that Instagram clip where there's like a lake or an ocean, some body of water in a circular hole yeah. in the middle and all the water is flowing into that. Exactly. Is that real or is that Photoshop? I, I think that's real. I feel like it's real too. Cause yeah. I've seen it pop up on legitimate news feeds. Yep. Um, what is that? Is that a black hole? I mean, <laughs> it's a aqua black hole. I mean, I, I feel that there is, I mean, I guess coming all the way back around, I feel that there is a new surf tank technology that can, uh, utilize black hole, you know, the black hole phenomenon to make better waves. Suction. Exactly. Basically mm. like surf lakes. I guess surf lakes is the black hole of surf tanks. Maybe. Ominous. Full size waves. It feels very ominous. That's what they're going for. Do you think that surf lakes is going to be able to produce full size waves? I don't know. I did not read your article. I saw that you um, did write about it, but I didn't well, investigate. So, so there's the whole, the whole goal is now we're going to, you know, you would think that that would, would have been the goal. Uh, to make full size uh, waves. To make full size you waves. Think, yeah. Which, and I think it was the goal. And I think that they didn't make full size waves. I'll, I'm speculating here, but I would imagine they were like, oh, oops, we made midget waves. Um, and so then I just did a little Google to see, well, let's just leave well enough alone, right? Those are real cute little waves. Midgets can surf there. Preschool children can surf there. And also I did a quick Google search of who are the shortest nations with the shortest people on earth. Lo and behold, my favorite country on earth, Yemen, has some of the shortest people on earth. I'm sure really? do malnutrition, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right, right. But uh, I didn't, I never found Yemenis particularly short, but apparently they are. What's so, the average size? 
Well, I mean, all the times I was in Yemen, they just seemed normal to me, but they didn't, they didn't give the average. They just listed okay. uh, Yemen was number two. Like it was like, uh, East Timor or something was the okay. shortest country on earth. And then Yemen was two, which again, surprising, but I was thinking surf lakes, forget all this regular sized wave stuff. Let me give me the license for Yemen. And I'm just going to put a bunch of surf lakes in Yemen, these short people and East Timor too. And whatever the Guatemala, I think had the shortest women, mm. just put them in places with short people. Yeah. I like it. It's good. It's yeah. smart. You don't have to change any of the technology. Just leave it as is. Yeah. It's really smart. I didn't realize you were such a savvy businessman. I'm, I am. That's wow. That's why that's wow. how, that's how I've become in the, <laughs> come to be in the position I am today because of my savvy business. It's pretty impressive actually. Uh, and you've spent time in Yemen, right? So I it's have. like, yeah, you've, I know. Yeah. It's your, you know, laid land. It's my backyard. Yeah. Give me the, give totally. me the license, Surf yeah. Lakes. If you're listening, give me the license for Yemen and we will turn this thing around. They're definitely listening. And how tall is Aki too? Let's be honest. So Aki's got to be basic midget size, right? Yes. And I think if you ran an average of world title holders, it's pretty low. It's lower than the average, than the median height across, you know, um, the countries that competed. Yeah. For sure. I mean. Slater's what? Five, nine? Five, nine. If he's lucky, right? Yeah. If he's stand, standing on his broken toes, he's right. five, nine. Five, nine at his peak. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. And he throws the average way off because he's won so many. Yep. I think Gabe probably throws it off the other way. Uh, Gabe's probably six feet. You reckon Gabe Medina's six feet? Well, John John is actually six. John's six one or one. two, I think. Yeah. John's a, a uh, hair a hair over six, but I think I feel Gabe is definitely. I bet Gabe is five eleven. Okay, could be. I'm yeah. gonna throw a five eleven on Gabe. I'm gonna throw a five six on Philippe. Five seven on Philippe. Yeah, but Philippe hasn't won a world title. That's true. So he's not in the running. That's true. Um, Dude, so we got top five top stories. We've got follow-up real quick before we get into the top stories. Um, also, shout out to spyoptic.com who supports this show. We've give away, we'll, we will give away a pair of sunglasses later in the show. We got some, we got some good grumpy comments. Dude, there's so many yep, lately. A lot of them. Um, whenever you, there's gender identity politics, few articles on Beachgrid about that. That's great. People go nuts. KK. Yeah. Um, couple follow-up things. Firstly, let's start with KK. What happened on Derek's? Did she call Derek out and did she delete it? Because I tried to research it and I couldn't find. Did she her delete post. it? I can't. My phone doesn't work in here. But I yeah. couldn't find her post. So what? A, <clears throat> the story here is uh, for those not paying attention to. I feel that this was the the best story of the week, right? Yeah, and I missed like three or four days where I didn't follow anything surfing, and it happened in those days. So when I tried to research it, it's hard. The post was gone. Okay, so uh, just to just to recap, Kala Kenley, phenomenal big wave surfer, great surf personality, et cetera, et cetera. DJ, big wave surfer, big wave world champ, right? big wave world champ, and she just won. Now. She won her big wave world championship this year, the twenty eighteen. She would have been right. When I guess I, so. Yeah, twenty eighteen big wave world champ. Uh, she did not, you know, they only had one event, uh, which was Ma <clears throat> excuse me, Jaws this right. year. Mavericks, they didn't run accidentally, oops, on the most phenomenal day of Mavericks and then had no other big wave backup. So Jaws was the only event of the big wave world tour year. And Keala did not complete a ride. She took off on two bombs, but fell off on both. Um, great, you know, threw herself under the hood, really went for it, but yeah, didn't not only didn't complete her, I didn't even come close to compete. But they were the two right. best waves of the event. Two best waves of the yeah. event, by far. Like yeah. taking nothing away from Kel. Uh Derek went on to Beach Grit and qu questioned the validity of winning a world title without standing up on a wave. Um, 
or, or completing a wave. Uh, and then Keala screenshotted every page of the article. I think it was four slides, oh. put the entire story in her Instagram, uh, and then invited, yeah, just said, well, I got, I think it, I think it started with, I got 48 hours to enjoy my world title before getting shit on. And then went on a good three paragraph. I would, I would reckon, um, uh, it wasn't tirade? a wasn't a tirade. It was just, you know, I hate online bullying. I like online bullying is, you know, it's this scourge and it's a real bummer, et cetera, et cetera. Like really, you know, and Derek, there was no, I mean, sure. Beach grit gets out, out of line often. I think in, I think Derek legitimately questioning whether or not, you know, completing a ride should be a, uh, criteria for winning a, you know, a world title, I think is a, is a valid critique. Totally. Um, but anyway, so the, the, the part I liked about this whole thing best was Kayla went on a, you know, a good long heartfelt, wonderful, you know, in a lot of ways, like, I mean, what she wrote was powerful and, you know, I've, I've, I've struggled my whole life for this and to Kayla, to Kayla's, you know, I mean, to back Kayla up, like, I totally think she's undervalued in surfing. I don't, I do not understand why she isn't like a big face of not just big wave surfing, but of surfing itself. I don't know why she's not in the, in the WSL booth. I don't know why she isn't, you know, doesn't have big sponsors. Like, I don't understand what's happening there because to me, again, she's beautiful. She's talented. She's interesting. She's, uh, I think a, a very great, um, just a, a great standard bearer for surfing, you know, all in. I'm a, I'm a huge KK fan, but uh, my favorite part of the Instagram post was a lot of it. I hate online bullying. Online bullying is horrible. And they just teed her followers up on Derek to online bullying. Like, <laughs> the, the, the end of it is I thought what he did was really bad. What do you guys think? So to me, and then, and then it was just pile on Derek where it was everybody it was phenomenal from actresses like Kate Bosworth came swinging in and it was just post after post after post of fuck that guy where with Kayla praying hands, kissy faces, praying hands and kissy faces below each one of the points or before each one of the posts were fully egging them on, fully egging them on where I totally get entirely like online bullying. Let's be honest. is pretty fun. I just don't get how you can have such blinders on where you think if it happens to me, then it's online bullying. But if I'm doing it to somebody else, then it's not online bullying. It's just, it's, it's, just, it's just truth, which her Kayla's lack of lack of vision there. Uh, I'd say, come on, Kayla, like, Great. You know, if, if you don't like online bullying, you know, don't like online bullying. But if you, if it's funny and it is kind of funny, let's be honest, sometimes I thought it was hilarious. Like everybody well, piling on Derek. I, but yeah, it's just, it I just disagree. Really, so like legitimate online bullying or bullying of any kind isn't funny, but what Derek did was just a criticism. Sure. It was a valid critique and Warshaw put it best in that article because Derek, I think might've been that article or a subsequent one where he's like, I'm going to check in with Matt Warshaw to see if there's ever been anybody else who's won a world title without making a wave. Right. Yep. And Warshaw said, look, this is an indictment of the WSL, not of Kiala. No. Kiala 
played by their rules and surfed the best out of anybody and therefore won. But the fact that somebody can win on one event alone shouldn't happen. The, the, the whole thing to me, the WSL dropped the ball so badly, I think on this whole thing. Uh, and they can be standing back saying, what, what we didn't do anything. But the problem with the WSL is they put Kayla in an untenable position and, and a completely unwinnable position where you're exactly right. How can you have a world title on one event anyway? Uh, the fact that they, I mean, they should just, I think the WSL in trying to push so hard for equality, it's a great thing to do, um, got out ahead of themselves where the equality in this case didn't make any sense. I mean, it didn't make sense for the guys either, but at least the guys finished the event, but they should figure it out. Like, come on, you can't from now on, you know, if there's only one event, uh, you can win that event, but that doesn't, there has to be at least two events for a world title. Right. And you know, there's gotta be some criteria. Like it was absolutely asinine for Kayla. And again, nothing against her, but for Kayla to have to be the world champ without standing up is that without completing a ride, without completing a ride doesn't, doesn't she got to her feet. She got to her feet, but <laughs> she, she fell hard and she fell quick. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, th- I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that world title if I was, you know, well, it just shouldn't be a world title. I mean, it's a one-off event. It just shouldn't be a world title. She won the event legitimately, but the world title thing does make it, um, subject to all of this criticism. Totally. Well, and yeah. that's, I mean, and I think Kayla probably took the award as sort of a lifetime achievement award, which she completely yeah. deserves, you know, for yeah. all her work in, in, uh, you know, pioneering really women's big wave surfing. Like she's a full on pioneer and that's probably how she was taking the award is this is my lifetime achievement award. Yeah. The problem was it was the 2018 big wave world champ award, not a lifetime achievement. award. And it also, uh, the other s- misstep on her behalf was not acknowledging Corey Schumacher's world, you know, longboard world title. Well, that's the, that's the problem I think now is, and that's the, once you start, once you get up on the pulpit and start banging it, you're now subject to all of your mistakes. And, you know, other people can call you out on all and, of your mistakes. And, and Kayla graciously, uh, retracted, you know, totally. made sure, but except the problem was the, um, headline was already set. So now I've seen that headline race, you know, multiple times now in multiple from the advocate, you know, the big, uh, LGBTQ publication to all, all across is that world's first openly gay, you know, surfing world champion. Uh, and so even though she did retract quickly, that retraction didn't make it into, which is, which is, which is a bummer for, for Corey. I mean, cause, cause Corey's, uh, you know, world champion was just, or world championship was completely just as legitimate as Kayla's. Like, it's not like she won it in a different time or a different era. No, where- it's as legitimate, but longboarding has never gotten the same accolade that shortboarding has on that scale. A hundred percent, except yeah. also not, not completing a ride. Uh, right. You know, I mean, yeah, not, no, that's worth it's, noting. It's not like Kayla's, Kayla's, you know, uh, championship was ironclad. No. So let's back up a little bit. I definitely don't need to defend Derek. Like Derek doesn't need my defense, but Derek didn't online bully Kiala. Of course, her even characterizing it that way. That's what we should actually discuss is you're saying Kiala deserves more, um, I don't know, industry support or whatever. hundred percent. So why hasn't the industry supported? I agree with everything that you said. She's very marketable. She would add value to a brand, all that sort of stuff. Why haven't they gotten behind and a big brand did support her for a lot of years. Um, but is it because of things like that, like her unwillingness to, you know, her her willingness to throw, uh, to bully basically Derek or encourage other people to bully Derek, her kind of blindness or lack of self-awareness 
Does that have something to do with it? I don't think so. Okay. I, I see, uh, get to see behind the curtain a lot in this kind of stuff. And it really is appalling the way the brands while, you know, and not just surf brands, but like big international clothing brands, you know, multinational brands will push this equality message so hard behind the scenes. They still pay blindly pay their female athletes a pennies on the dollar for what the men get. You know, there's, you have a few, you know, examples of women who are earning their actual value. I would imagine, you know, I have no idea what the Williams sisters, Serena and Venus earn, but I would imagine that they're, you know, way up there, but there's, these examples are so few. Um, and it's just, yeah, I mean, I think not to be overly rot about it, but I think that it's it's still, uh, the brands and not just surf brands, but we'll talk about surf brands, uh, since that's what this is, are so remiss in coming correct. And I think everybody feels even the WSL, right? I think mm-hmm. everybody feels like it's good. What, what are you talking about? Why are you looking at us? It's equality now. Everybody gets paid the same, blood, you know, but yeah, but they want to be safe. Like I'm, I'm wondering if the brands view Kiala as a liability, like her outspokenness <clears throat> can serve you well, but it can also get you into a lot of hot water. And who's willing to really take the risk? I know, but Name she, a brand that would that would actually go out on the line. Like, who would be the ideal fit? Well, but let's let's look at you know male surfers of the same uh, who get into way worse trouble. I mean, I'm sh- I guarantee Chris Ward is still sponsored by somebody. At no, this point. he's not. That's that's the exact example but, that proves my point. But but Chris Ward is like so many eons beyond any. I mean, Kayla might run her mouth. Chris Ward is is smashing women with ice icicles in the head. Well he's been dropped by those main sponsors for the last two decades. Nobody supported him. But okay. Uh, let's say, uh, Bobby Martinez, Bobby Martinez is still on monster. He still gets paid. That's the only brand. Yeah. But he still gets paid a chunk from monster, right? Like apparently Kayla has, I think zero sponsors. She doesn't have a big one like monster, but I've seen stickers on her boards. But, but I think we could go through a list of like, of men, but Bobby, I don't know though, but yeah, you're right. Bobby's exactly outspoken. Joel yeah, Tudor. Yeah, Joel right. Tudor, it pops his dumbass mouth off on all kinds of stuff all day long. And safe he's things. Unveils. Joel, no, but Joel takes safe. I don't know. Positions. I, I mean, it's, it's only Joel's thing is he's on the side of pro marijuana, which right now is the right side to be on politically. Sure. sure but, but Joel, I mean, from his little stupid scraps of like thinking that he ent- invented the smiley face somehow, like his, his daily yeah. sort of churn, uh, if Vans was so, you know, scared of any kind of blowback from things like that, you want you just want sponsor guy like, uh, and I'm saying again, that's a much safer topic though. Then, then what? Then, then, uh, then gender identity politics. Well, sure, but gender identity politics is even hotter right now than CBD oil. Like totally gender identity politics. Wouldn't you want if you were a brand and think, okay, we're really going to be progressive here, right? How do you not go out and and Completely. pick up and pick up Kayla and not only pick up Kayla, pay Kayla what she's worth and put her out front, right? That's what I would Completely. do. Completely. But my question to you is, what brand is trying to be progressive? I mean, I think they all are trying to pretend that they're progressive at some level. Totally. I think there's a lot of you know women's stuff Completely. and we're Completely. a rainbow of flavors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I mean, I just don't know why you know, a Vans or something like that. One of the bigger ones doesn't just go put their money. Fine. You can say it all all day long. Go put your money where your mouth is and actually go pay a woman like Kayla what she's worth. Like, I just want to know what brand that is. I agree with you. What you're saying makes a lot of sense. I don't know what the brand is. It could be an energy drink brand. Sure. That would be a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. Like monster, the Bobby example actually is pretty analogous and it's great. And you get, you get into the headlines and I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know. That's what I would do, but I'm, I'm, 
uh, a savvy businessman. I'm a savvy businessman. <laughs> <laughs> so Derek, um, did Derek get his feelings hurt? Did he take it to heart? The did funny, he get the, adequately shamed? The funny thing about Derek is I can, I'll never be able to know. Um, what I know about Derek is that, uh, I love this kind of stuff a lot more than Derek does. So if mm. you'll notice in the history of beach grit, how many times it's been me getting busted or, you know, calling people out or getting called out versus how many times it's happened to Derek. And it's very, very few times with Derek. Uh, I think he's very careful. Um, not about pulling punches. He, he always says what he wants, but, uh, I, I, I definitely don't think that Derek saw this one coming. Well, I don't think Derek did anything wrong. No, like Derek, if you go back and read Derek's article again, I was reading it after the fact, after I knew there was a firestorm, I went back to read the article. So I was reading it with that filter and I got to the end and I'm like, these are valid criticisms 100%. and these aren't even poking Kiala in the eye at all. Nope. Actually, they're just valid criticisms about the state of things and more directed at the WSL. So I, I could see, I would hope that Derek has enough wherewithal to understand that like the firestorm that's happening on Kiala Kenley's Instagram actually has nothing to do with him Completely. nor nothing to do with what he said. So carry on. I just, I think that the, I don't think it feels good for Derek to be at the end of those pointy sticks. And I don't know, this is speculation, uh, <clears throat> as it does for me. Like, I think that's where he and I are different people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, well, he needs to be aware that, um, he's not at the end of the pointy sticks. Yeah. The, the sticks are just on Instagram and they're, not even about him and like his moral compass w was set kind of true North Yep. and he said it and it's fine. And what they're talking about has nothing to do with the things he actually said there to do with Kiala's interpretation. My, one of my favorite thing, I mean, there's a lot of favorite things for me, poor Derek about this, uh, that whole incident. Uh, I, I would have swung in and taken it, except if it was, if it were beach grit would have called out, been called out, but she called out Derek by name mm, in the post. Mm -hmm. And then everybody was calling Derek by name in the comments. But one of my other favorite parts was when the like sort of scrubby hanger on surf personality, like the, people who think they're writers or filmers or would come in swinging in hard, like shame on you in the DMS or whatever. Like I think people maybe wanted to throw shade on beach grit for a lot of different reasons. And yep. this was an opportunity to pile on. It probably. was very shame for shame. There's a lot of like people who have yeah. even been involved in the sort of tertiary, just love to swing in and right. throw the shame. Yeah, yeah. Throwing, throwing shame for people feels really good. The idea though of, we are liberal and open-minded to all things as so long as it doesn't conflict with the way that I see the world. I mean, it's, it's is so asinine, but it's the same me. exact it's as, so as it's bullying. If you do it to me, it's bullying. If yeah. I do it to you, it's not what I'm doing exactly. to you. No, is, exactly. Yeah. Is it's insane. It's so reflective of where we're at as a society. It's just so, I mean, I just don't know why people are like, it just seems silly that people be so blind, like do it all day long. It's funny. Right. But at least be self-aware. I would hope that Kala, if I was Kala, I would be, you know, giggling, throwing my followers over to bully somebody else, like chortling the whole time. But I don't think she was chortling. I think she was, I think she felt really yeah. vindicated in doing it. And a real, like that righteous vindication for what you're doing is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's it's when you unbecoming. To, oops. That's when you It's unbecoming to me. And yeah. Uh, so I like Kiala for all the same reasons that you've, the, the kind of characterization that you gave her at the beginning of this. I agree with all of that. The part that kind of rubs me the wrong way is the lack of self-awareness that um, this, the world title 
is based on one event and it is based on not completing the waves. Like there almost needs to be, she can uh, accept the award and be proud and say all the things she said and be like, all right, so now next year, like let's complete a ride. There needs to be some level of awareness. I feel like there's a, in, in place of the self-awareness is like a hubris where she's pounding her chest going, yeah, that's right. I am the baddest in the world. Yep. It's like, well, I mean, you are, you but are not let's have it. Let's have a real look at it. I mean, totally. That's the, that's the crazy. And that's the, again, I blame the WSL. They put her in a, the way she could have won this whole thing. You're, you're exactly right. She could have taken it and say, look at, I know this on the award says 2018 big wave world champion. We all know that, you know, I didn't complete the ride, but you know, I won. It's great. Ha ha. But you know, I've been, I've been, I've had my face, you know, ripped off at Chopu. She could have gone through her yeah. big wave kind of credentials uh, and say, so, you know, I look at this as, I'm humbled and honored to have this award because of, you know, I've really worked hard my whole life. Uh, and it says 2018 world champ, but I'm, I'm considering this, this is my, you know, lifetime yeah. achievement award. Yeah. And next year at WSL, let's do three events instead of one. I'll be back to take that down. And you, you just, and you absolutely, WSL absolutely cannot want, I mean, I get it. I get that big waves are hard, but also that Mavericks non-call. And of course, like I read, you know, the, I have no, I'm not a wave forecaster, nor am I a big wave surfer. Yeah. Um, it's sure it's easy to miss a big day, but the WSL, if they're going to be in the big wave game, you can't be skittish on missing a day. I think, I mean, you gotta, you've gotta be willing to lose more money yeah. in the big game game or in the big wave thing. than you know, I mean, you just have to, because you just never know what's going to happen where again, the, uh, there was the kind of recap cause the Mavericks window is officially closed now. Right. And so people were looking back on that day and it was, I think it was in December, right? Late December, a phenomenal day. One of the, I think it was considered one of the best days of Mavericks in a very long time. I uh, would have been, you know, I mean, it was a great day. Uh, all the surfers like, I wouldn't have wanted to make, I wouldn't have wanted to make the call to go on that day, but if that's your day, you got to stick and go on. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think like, and they were thinking, well, you know, traditionally January or February or whatever it is, is better for Mavericks and all this. But with kind of our new wacky climate and new wacky weather, weather patterns, if you're going to be running big wave events, I think if there's a big day, you go for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, rule number one, just as a surfer is you don't drive away from good waves. Yeah. You do the thing where you, Oh, I should go check down the beach and then you go and it's not as good. And you come back and by the, that, that time the tides shifted and whatever. That's exactly what the WSL did with Mavericks because if yeah. they would have, if they would have run Mavericks, then they would have had a legitimate on both sides. They would have had a legitimate, uh, big wave world title. Yeah. And th th it should just be part of the bylines. No, no title without at least two events. Yeah. At least two. I mean, that's what they're, that's, the, I mean, three really. Sure. But that's but their yeah. dang, that's their own dang messaging is it takes a tour to make a title. Right? right. No, exactly. I think they've gotten away from that though. That was just like a tagline for one year. I know. What is the tagline this year? Um, I don't know. All in. Is that what it is? It's on. I think all, all in, in is their show maybe, but maybe all in is also their, I don't know. Um, the other thing I wanted to follow up with you on from our last show is Pezman, Steve Pezman, right? Drops Pez. in on us. We had a nice chat. Um, I had actually, I had at least two people tell me that they subscribed to the surfers journal after listening to that show as they should. And one guy said that he actually deleted Instagram and then subscribed. Brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, that was a big move. Um, but the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was the comment. Some of the commentary I got was, He's self-righteous. Oh yeah. Like, okay, here's the deal. He comes on and he's like, screw the WSL basically for trying to commodify surfing and these other people who are trying to commodify it in this new way. And so then other pe people 
give me feedback. We're like, yeah, but he's selling a magazine commodifying surfing. He's one of the original commodifiers of surfing. So it feels self-righteous. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I think that, uh, any opinion is good opinion. Like when he comes in swinging with fine, you know, an opinion about surfing, I was very interested in his opinion, to be honest. Like, and I would think that, uh, the goal of the surfers journal is not to be uh, year on year growth in the way that the, the goal for the WSL or our surf brand is like he, with the journal built a tidy little mom and pop business that sustains a, you know, I don't even know what their editorial staff is probably, no more than five. Uh, there's probably the total employees at the journal is probably under 10, right. Or between secretaries and everything, maybe, maybe 11. And that's it. He built a sustainable, we always talk about dang sustainability. He built an actual sustainable thing. And I think he probably learned from surfer. And so I don't think that, I think that, uh, you know, making a commodity out of something, um, I don't think that's the bad thing that he was really talking about. I think he was talking about needing to grow it to like in this sort of modern, you know, stock the way venture capital, yeah, like, yeah, where, where you have to have year on year, that's a great point, crazy growth. Yeah. That is not what the surfer journal, surfer journal is. Surfer's journal is a tidy little thing that employs between whatever, 10 and whatever people and is going to continue to be that way. And the best piece of, piece of feedback I got on it, because um, I know people were angry, uh, or I got, I got some angry feedback too, and there wasn't some beach grit too, like come on, knock it off with the, these pompous old guests coming in. And, right. and you know, I think probably talking about Biolas maybe too, and M Morris. Is it hard for you to say Morris, Cole? Yes. It's, it's really hard. I know, but everybody, all Australians say Morris. It's more of an accent, I think, than it is like a spelling. His name? Yeah. Well, I asked him. He, he said, said it's Maurice. Maurice. Maurice okay. Yeah. Well, if you asked him, Maurice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but his closest friends still call him Morris. Yeah. I'm going to, I mean. I'm going Maurice. I'm going to go Morris. Okay. I consider myself a close Stick friend. Stick with it. <laughs> uh, um, when you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. But yeah, where was I even going with that? So uh, people saying that stop bringing old dudes into the show. That, but then, oh damn it. Self-righteous. Self-righteous. Oh, uh, somebody said a wonderful email. I think it was from JP Curry. Um, I think it was to both of us, uh, said that, and he was right. I didn't pick it up at the time, but 
the way. So uh, if you missed the episode, um, the Surface Journal showed, screened, I did a movie about Lisa Anderson, a documentary called Trouble, and they screened it exclusively for their uh, subscribers for a weekend, right? It was three right. days, screened online, but you had to be a subscriber, and then it was gone, right? It, and JP was like, this is phenomenal. I would not have sat down and watched that movie, probably. I mean, with all the noise that's happening, um, had they not put a like a solid window on it where you had to do it. First, it had to be exclusive. You know, you had to be part of this kind of club. Second, it's a limited time thing where right. it's pretty it's pretty amazing if the Surfers Journal, I mean, it's like almost stripping out the commodity in surfing to me where, or at least stripping out the junk of saying, no, we're going to, we want you to slow down again. Mm -hmm. You know, we want you to sit here and watch this thing where, and I think, I think it was JP who said, if they can figure out how to do to digital, what they did to print, then, I mean, they'll have a whole nother half-life. Right. So your point is, um, it's designed as a lifestyle business and it's not designed on kind of, Endless growth. So the fact that the five employees that are there, including Pesman, even though he's not there anymore, they're living the lifestyle. They're living the surf lifestyle. So they're not commodifying it for the sake of seeking profit based on this thing that isn't ours, that we're just kind of uh, appropriating or whatever. So is that your point? Yeah. As opposed to like WSL hires all these executives that come not from surfing just to commodify this thing, sell it back to the people that and the come from that culture and the WSL is, has to have, I think is aiming for real year on year growth to, to explode surfing into, you know, both people who have never surfed before us uh, to sell, be able to sell wave pools, to have, you know, big event. And, and I don't think that's bad, you know, uh, from my side. I mean, uh, yeah, I do think that's bad. I don't like that. I mean, that's a, it's the essential. And I told dang Elo where I can't wait for our Elo podcast, which I'm sorry, people thought, I think that, um, the Elo podcast was already in the bag. Oh. Elo had to come home from Australia, uh, but he's ready for the podcast. And the, the good thing about Elo is that I think he's home now. He wasn't going to Bells. So we'll, the next one, hopefully. We can do be, it next week. Yeah, not a grumpy old man, but a, middle-aged. Very, a very excited middle-aged man. Um, but yeah, the it's a real problem of surfing. And I said this to Elo, is like the thing you're trying to grow goes exactly against what you love about the thing, right? Elo's in the water all the time and more people interested in surfing, more people in the water, worse it is for everybody. And that's a, that's a rough business. And I think that that is why they're building wave pools. Yeah. But it's like some of those people are going to accidentally fall out of the pool and fall into the ocean. I mean, if they're near a coastline, the idea is to build the wave pools away from the coastline to accommodate all that new market. Sure. But, and yeah. I, and I guess, you know, this is a, a way bigger conversation of what is surfing supposed to be? Is surfing supposed to be this stagnant little backwater where only a few people do it and, you know, it never grows and never changes, or is it supposed to be this, this boom where people come running in and everybody gets to experience the ocean. Then that's Eric's whole thing. He told me, cause I asked him, why the hell don't you ride shortboards? Right? Like what is your problem with the shortboard? And he kind of glossed over, I, you know, I, I can, I do whatever he said. Um, but his whole mentality is this ride anything, uh, ethos, which is, I think, you know, fairly popular now. And I think where you have guys like Kyle Lenny at the, at the apex of making that look interesting, but then you have, in my opinion, heaps and heaps and heaps of people riding anything and looking like shit and crowding the lineup and being awful and being in the way and creating danger too. Yeah. Like Kai Lenny, 
is phenomenally talented. Like he's the only guy who can ride a foil at snapper, you know? But I mean, what do you think about the ride anything movement? Like Elo, Elo, I was fine with it before SUPs and foil boards. Elo, there wasn't even a shadow of a doubt in his mind that the ride anything movement was the greatest thing to happen to surfing in the history of surfing. That's the way he delivered it to me. I mean, there there wasn't even, you know, yeah, I'm just one of these ride anything guys, you know, what I was thinking. I don't think he's got the movement correctly characterized. I mean, yeah, the ride anything to me, the way that I kind of interpreted ride anything was don't be so narrow-minded that you're only going to ride a pointy thruster no matter what the waves are doing. So, cause that's where I grew up riding sure. and you know, Kelly Slater era and all that sort of stuff. So it meant that if the waves are small, consider a longboard. If the waves are gutless, consider a fish like think outside, but it still required you to paddle into a wave, stand up and surf the wave. Okay. So once the SUP and the foil and all that stuff came along that added a lot of congestion to the lineup. And again, danger to the lineup too. And really it's just not, um, equal playing ground. Once you're adding those things into, you know, those guys can catch waves earlier basically than everybody else in the lineup. How tall in your, in your own personal ride, anything, how tall will you go? I'll ride a longboard, but how 10, 10 foot longboard. We go 12. I have that 12 foot Parmenter paddle surf vehicle. So yes, I will ride 12, (laughs) (laughs) but again, down the beach, like the beauty of that board is it opens up all these spots that I've never been able to surf before. So, um, the good sandbars that everybody's shortboarding, I'll go surf. If it's too crowded there, I'm like, shoot, I don't even want to go mess with the crowd. I'll take this 12 foot board out and go surf in between the two crowds and catch soft, slow waves yep. and have a blast by myself. Yeah. You know? So that's what it, the ride anything should open up more spots and thin out the crowd. Yeah. I disagree. I'm shocked that Elo tried to play like he rides a shortboard. He d- he didn't pl- try to play oh, at yeah, all. Yeah, I think yeah. he said. I think he either said he had his. T- if I recall correctly, it was like I have nothing against it. I would, uh, I can. I think is what he said. Like he, I'd like to see it. He yeah. Who knows? I mean, he, I think he. I asked him what the shortest board in his quiver is, and it was something. I want to say it was like eight eggish, if I recall. But the great the great thing is, I don't want to spoil too much because, uh, and opening open it up to listeners right now is I mean, you should mail your questions in because yeah, well, I'm DM happy them. I'm happy to ask Elo anything and yeah. per our initial conversation he seems pretty happy to answer anything cool well hard hitting investigative reporting we're going to find out what Elo rides, rides. <laughs> um, moving on from Pesman Pesman's off the hook then in terms of being self righteous yeah he's off the hook um, quick pro did you watch it I watched uh, I was gone on a sailboat for for the big chunks of it, but okay. I, I, yeah, peeked into a couple, um, couple of, couple of things we need to discuss. Number one, did you see Kelly's heat or post heat interview? I didn't. Okay. Was it good? Kelly's. My question is, is Kelly done? I feel like Kelly got absolutely eviscerated oh, in the event and his post heat interview, he was on the verge of tears and he was, um, directing his frustration at the conditions. And like, he chose to surf a different bank than Patterson, Crisanto and Owen, Wright. And so Owen and Patterson, it was like a one-on-one heat and they were just middling getting sixes, you know, like not surfing that great. And Kelly still lost to both of them. And because he chose to surf a different peak and never, the waves never transpired. The way that I'm viewing it is it had nothing to do with the conditions. Like Kelly and his prime nowadays still can't compete in waist high beach break waves with everybody else on tour. Like there's no chance of Kelly winning that event. And if there's no chance of Kelly winning 
that type of event, which we're going to also have at Rio and probably a couple other spots, I mean, maybe France, maybe Portugal, possibly even bells. Like if it's possibly a even bells, definitely he's not going to win Margaret river. So if you cannot win a world title, what are you doing on tour? I mean, it's a real bummer for him. I think, but I think what Kelly's doing is he's, but here's the other problem is I think he really wants to be in the Olympics. I mean, I think this is the final thing he wants to do, but if you can't, it's going to be the top two Americans, right? On tour at, at Chiba. Yeah, totally. But I think Kelly just wants to be in the Olympics. The problem is he won't even be, it'll be Kolohe and Griffin probably, yeah. or I mean, who's, who's up there that's now? It's Connor maybe, yeah, but Connor. that's it really. Yeah. I mean, it's the top two Americans. That's it. Yeah. So uh, my question with the Kelly thing, it's like, he can win if the waves are eight foot and flawless chopu pipe J Bay, he can smoke everybody. Like he's actually light years better than pretty much anybody other than Gabriel and John, John in big barreling conditions. So, but the type of kind of your body needs to be super nimble and, um, to surf the type of waves that they were surfing at that event. So I don't know. I just, it was sad to me. It was like watching somebody not go out at the top of their game, like watching them kind of slowly, like, sustain an injury one year bodies falling apart. Can we not Kelly, be able to Kelly missed that boat like five I years know, ago? But, I know. But, but, I don't know why, but now that he's committed to it. So he missed the boat of, of dropping the mic at the top of your game precisely. But what the boat he's on now is the amazing longevity story. Right. And so I wonder for him is, and he said it somewhere or wrote it somewhere that he gets a lot of emails uh, or DMS or whatever about people who are inspired, like that you're doing this at your age. I can get off the couch then and I can go work out too. So I wonder if Kelly now that's the bar. The bar is no longer for him. I'm going to win a world title. The bar is I want to inspire. He's going to be the Jack Lane of surfing, right? He'll, if he can still be on tour when he's 75, uh, at the very, very, just, I don't think he can be dude. That's the thing. I think he's, he almost didn't qualify. What was it before he had his injury? Well, this will, this will be the year that proves it. Right. So, so, so Kelly's goal this year, will not be to win. I think it's clearly in Kelly's mind. His goal is to win Kelly's goal really, or what we will have to measure him on so again, since he's on a different boat. Now he's on the longevity boat. Okay. Do you have longevity? That's the, this is the new challenge for Kelly. Can, can you, you stay on tour? Can you qualify? Yeah. That's that is. And if you can qualify year on year, if he can qualify till he's 50, uh, then it says two things. It says Kelly Slater is amazing and surfing is stupid. Is that what it says? It says surfing is stupid. Mostly if a is 50 it, year old no, man so, can surf. <laughs> is that what it says? If Kelly gets consistently 22nd place for the next six years, if, if Kelly makes it to 50, uh, or does it sully his legacy is my question. No, I mean, he's, his legacy is sullied. That's the problem. He, he can't get off now. Yeah. If he gets off now, then he got off way on the downside of his career. Right. Uh, the, the legacy as far as a legacy goes, as far as a competitive legacy goes is sullied. When was, when was the last time Kelly was relevant competitively? 2011 when he won Chopu maybe last when was that yeah like not not 2011 like three years ago like maxed out Chopu and he dominated okay so the last time Kelly was relevant as a competitive surfer was three years ago right that's a long time I mean that's a yeah that's an eternity in that's a career span for a lot of guys totally and so again I think Kelly the bar now for him of course um, you know he's, he's going out there to compete to win but really the the actual bar is how long can he crank out at 22nd, 22nd place? How many years can he go? Can he go a decade? I mean, I, don't, I think he has too much pride to even want to play that game. I hear what you're saying. I, I think he has too much pride to okay, be willing to how do many, that. How many Kelly won? 11. 11 world titles. Yeah. Can't, is it, is 22nd place the cutoff? 
Is it 22? Let's say it's 22. I think it's 22. Yeah, 22. Can Kelly reel off 11 22s <laughs> in a row? I mean, it'd be pretty no, fun. I don't think he can. That's pretty, exactly. I don't think he can. See, this is, this is almost as fun as him winning 11, 11 championships. If he can make the bubble, be the last guy in the field for 11 years in a row, I'm going to go, that's the everyman award I want. I'm going to give Kelly, I'm going to say that is better than all of Kelly's 11 world championships. If he can do that, if Kelly can go, what? He's 46. Yeah. If he can go 40, 46 to 56, 46 to 57 yeah. at 22 place, that is a bigger achievement than 11 world championships. It's got bigger fish to fry. Like building does. building brands. Nope. Then yeah. he's not building anything. Yeah, he is. I mean, I don't know. It's like on its own thing. Kelly, I'm sure, engages with that zero percent. surfboards to sell. He, does, Wave he pools engages to sell. with that zero percent. He engages with that stuff. They call him. He like, you know, will shoot off an email or show up for an appearance. But he's not invested or involved in any of that stuff mentally. He is trying to surf again. Um, 22nd place, 11 in a row. Better than 11 world titles. So Long Tom wrote a piece on Beach Grit about um, is the white bread era of surfing over and presents some pretty compelling evidence, obviously. And Kelly's relevant to that conversation in that his career is phasing out. Kalohe can't win an event. Like, But what about Kalohe in, in a, I mean, Kalohe should have by rights won snapper. So that's worth discussing. So is, first of all, is there a conspiracy to push Idolo or to make certain things happen for the WSL. Is there, do you think there's a conspiracy theory? No, because I think okay. that, I think the worst thing in the world for the WSL is to be solely Brazilian and not because Brazil is bad or because I'm racist, but to be completely monolithic. But it has been exactly. forever. And that's the problem. But so yeah. if they're, if they're, if they were going to be pushing anybody, it would be pushing anybody, but a Brazilian, right. If to their interest, I mean, having legitimately, I think we it could very easily happen this year and or next year or the year after that the top 15 finishers will be Brazilian. That yeah. there will not be an anything other than a Brazilian in the top 15, right? Jordy's basically over. I mean, more or less. So I was shocked to see Jordy show up this year. And I mean, show up in a big way, like actually be a contender to win that event because sure. the waves are gutless. He's a big dude. And I feel like it, the waves would have nullified Jordy's strengths. Jordy actually looked live and lively and sparky. I agree that Jordy, Jordy still surfs phenomenally and can put, I think Jordy's still in it. No, Jordy, yeah. you do, you don't choke for 10 years in a row and still be in it. Jordy. I mean, that's what Jordy does now to talk about legacy. I Jordy's Jordy's legacy is just to choke. Yeah. Well, I think he's going to redefine the legacy this year. I mean, if he, I don't know why, like I didn't expect him to, but I was shocked how well he surfed. I mean, he, he got robbed actually by, Idolo in a worse way than Kaloe got robbed in the final. Do you want to put some money money on Jordy for title? What? Oh, not on a title. Oh, on a fin on a certain finishing spot. I mean, sure, Jordy could. Jordy's got another maybe top five finish in him or a couple at down the line. I don't doubt that. Uh, but I think again, within three years, and not that I see it necessarily happening. Like Connor, you know, Griffin, Kaloe, I think is could really come into his own. I think there's some, you know, there's some different nationalities mixing it up in there, but. I think really no Australian, to be honest. Where's the Australian? Julian. Yeah. He's in the same position as Jordy. Precisely. Uh, too much too soon, dude. They got paid millions of dollars before they turned 20. But they, the problem, beautiful women, the problem, like no, no challenges at all in their life. I don't know about Jordy. I know Julian really, really wants, wants it. it. And yeah. it, I think it eats Julian that he like, that he can't. Dude, he lost second round. I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, that's to lose it. You're basically your home break. Second round is, yeah. is rough. Um, 
so that long Tom piece about is white domination over it's interesting to look at. I mean, like certainly we know the Brazilian storm thing. What's interesting to me is that that has zero long Tom's whole premise has zero relevance outside of the WSL. Yeah. It's name one Brazilian free surfer who's making a living. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, that's, that's where they zero on the men and the women's side is, they, cause they do all compete, huh? Even the ones who like Yego Dora or the ones who yeah. are the, I mean, is Yego on tour? Yeah. Yeah. Are they, are they all grinding on the QS too? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, w- that's, that's kind of a more interesting s- thing to look at for me is like the industry who funnels money towards these people. Why aren't they supporting those things? Like the, and by the way, what percentage of surf culture is competitive surfing? Well, I, mean, I would argue very, very small. Like the people who actually follow the WSL and care about it in the way that you and I do, it's actually pretty tiny. I mean, I wonder if the w- the WSL's uh, whole goal here, again, is to, yeah, they have the tour. The tour is going to be basically a Brazilian tour. And then they're also going to be producing, you know, whoever the new young California or Sydney or South African or French, you know, phenomenon is. Just like little movies, those guys won't even be on tour. They'll just be little one-off fun you know, clips here. I think they've made, there. they've started to position those pieces to benefit or to commodify the free surf world. And maybe that's part of what the Red Bull airborne thing is too, you know, but it's real. It's it, like, it's going to be a strange, it's a strange time in surfing history where the tour is basically Brazilian or, or looking and looking to be more Brazilian. And I wonder just if people will, you know, Americans, Australians, French, South Africans, wherever, um, if anybody who's basically not Brazilian, uh, w- just won't even want to try to get on tour. Like it won't be interesting to them because you just have to run through this gauntlet of, but no, that's not true. There's always going to be some, there's going to be another Kelly Slater at some point well, right? or another Andy Iron, some like preternatural talent who rams through to the top. The idea of like a freakish athlete who's super driven and trained, like that's always going to be compelling. But again, only for this very small segment of surf culture, like go down to any of the parking lots nearby in San Clemente. There's an old crusty dude who's surfing today and he's going to surf tomorrow. Doesn't care at all. And he's buying wetsuits every year and he's buying surfboards every year and all that sort of stuff. So again, it has value. Gabriel Medina's story is super interesting. Let's follow that. But it's just for a certain segment of surf culture. Not everybody cares. But I mean, I think the WSL wants, I guess they don't, I guess that their whole metaphor, it's the sun and the universe and they want the universe, right? Correct. Competition's the sun, the rest of the universe, universe is a lot bigger. Um, Real quick though, um, you like, you watch your UFC and you bring UFC up. I don't watch it, but yes. It, It feels like a lot of the UFC stars are Brazilian and it feels, it also feels like for UFC, it doesn't matter as much. I'm not a fan. I'm asking you, does it matter where the people come from or do people just cheer styles or it doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't seem to matter as much, but except for when you get the Conor McGregor versus, I I think it matters. I think that people get behind their country and they have pride for that, but but I don't see, well, I don't see any negative, I don't see anybody rooting against somebody because they're from a certain country. I only see people kind of getting behind things in a prideful way, but so, not vilifying the enemy. So maybe that'll just happen in pro. I mean, to depart from the size of it or the scope of it real quick. Uh, maybe people don't care. Maybe the fact that it's 15, you know, a Brazilian 22 Brazilians on tour, 21 plus Kelly Slater holding down his, his title run at the bottom. Um, 
Maybe people don't care. Maybe it's just like all, maybe surfers are all colorblind. Is this a glorious new age? Surfers have always been on the cutting edge of like Progressive. health. Um, yeah. Eco. Yep. Environmental. All of movement. It. Yeah. All of it. Cutting edge. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing about the Red Bull Airborne. Did you like the Red Bull Airborne? No. I, well, sure. I like having like this extra novelty thing for me to like watch on the side. But I think they're going to need to negotiate how they run the event because what ended up happening is Idolo won the, won the air show. So if CT surfers, if you get all these free surfers to fly in from around the world and they just get trounced by CT surfers who weren't even planning on doing the airborne show, uh, Felipe did the best air of the event. It was his backside inverted spin. Idolo won the thing. And the difference to me when I looked back at it was these guys are athletes and those guys aren't those guys. They have like a, um, potential talent. And if they're given a month and a surf trip, they can put together an edit. That's insane. That'll blow all of our minds. But when you ask them to go out there and perform, the difference is training. Here's, they're not, they're not primed. Okay. So then t- to ask you another question, uh, is the free surfer era completely over? If the guys in the CT just flat out are better, which I would say, I would argue right now, 100%. And I, I hear what you say, like give them a month on a boat and all that. But if you gave, imagine if you gave Idolo a month on a boat, he would blow out whatever anybody's doing. Exactly. So if the best surfers in the world by not only kind of by far, but by like so far that it's not even funny are on tour, yeah. then what's the point of a free surfer? Yeah. Well, I think we've seen that constricting in the last five or 10 years, certainly with the industry constricting. It's like there used to be 50% free surfers and then 50% of, I mean, of all of professional surfing, half of them were pro free surfers for a good decade and half of them were competitive surfers. Now that equation, it's like 5% free surfers. You can name Noah Dean, uh, Harry Bryant, like Chippa Wilson. I can name a handful of I them. I mean, a lot of them, I can like Dion A, just like even guys who are so old, like who have been this forever. Not that Dion is super old, but like, I mean, Dion shouldn't be considered as you know, in the, the only reason Dion and Craig Anderson and guys like that are making a living off of surfing is because that they've set up brands that they directly benefit from. What if, what if it's not like a brand is paying them? Sure. What if the WSL, uh, decided to, they were looking down the, looking down the calendar and thought, Oh, you know, Rio this year, Rio sucks. Let's just cancel Rio. I don't know that Rio sucks, but just using an it example, does. Rio sucks. Let's cancel Rio. And instead of going to that uh, contest, we are going to give whatever it costs to put that contest on. We are going to give that money to each of the top 22 and they get one month to go make their best edit ever. They get a month and you know, we get the, we'll give them money. How fun would that content be? Do you think it'd be fun if you gave the best surfers in the world, you know, let's say they get not an infinite amount, but let's say they right, get 200, right. 200 grand each to go, they get 200 grand in one month to go. And then the winner wins the event. You have or, to put out an edit and then we vote and yeah, it's, people a, vote. it's a contest. It's a, it is the contest yeah. that instead of in lieu of a crappy contest, if they did, if there's, one, there's elements of it that I like, and there's elements I don't like it. There's no drama in that scenario, but it, I mean, it, it, the, the drama would be how they dropped them and then mm, how they, not how really they, how they stacked them. Right. Not really. You go head to head is what you would do. So you would, you would have it be on exactly like a surf contest. So first up we have Julian Wilson's edit versus who, whoever's at it, right? Every day, a new one drops, you yeah. get a new heat yeah. every day. And then 
it's just straight up. They wouldn't. It couldn't just be vote because you'd that'd be too well, easy. It's to like game. intersection. Taylor Steele did it with intersection. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Taylor You're ripping off Taylor Steele's idea a, right a, now. I'm sorry, Taylor. You're a genius. Uh, it has value. Like they should do that in tangent to the contest. But there's too much. I, I think they'd have to cut a contest. If they're going to do this. They'd have to give them a. It'd have to be a set time, one month. Yeah. Instead of instead of one crap contest, let's do this. Right. Be fun. Um, I'm they the, part, the part of that equation that I'm totally fine with is eliminating Rio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's, I think everybody agrees with that. Um, all right. So we got to give away a pair of sunglasses. Yeah. A lot of grouchy. I know. A so, lot of grump. Um, so proud. I'm in, so proud of you all in an article entitled girl fight surf rage jumps the gender gap. Rico emos. Do you know Rico emo? No, a new one. Commenter Rico emo. Don't do you? Um, yeah, I've seen him around. Um, he, this isn't so much hateful, but it's sad. And I think that it can be rectified with happy lenses. And also, um, I think you and I could probably help navigate to a solution that wouldn't just apply to Rico emo, but actually apply to everybody who's listening. So anyways, spy optic has the happy lens that blocks the bad light out and lets the good light in. So we're going to help Rico emo see happy. He said, quote, the war is over and the locals have lost. But let's be honest. It's never about who's actually a local, meaning it's really about who is willing to fight and who isn't. Not long ago, on a particularly aggro day at my local closeout beach break, a 20-year-old burns me blatantly, looks back, sees me behind him, hears me yell, straight out burns me. Paddling back out right next to him, I give him an earful and he's unapologetic. He said, Nothing personal. I'm just over it. Everybody's been dropping in on me. I don't care. I'm just going. So what are my options here? Punch him. Number one, I'm, I'm in the middle of a crowded city. There's surfline camera pointed right at the beach police station, not too far away, potentially dozens of witnesses, every single one of which is carrying a camera. Number two, I've only got an hour of surf time left before I got to go to work. Number three, I'm near 50 years old, got a mortgage, a straight job, two kids, and a lovely big-breasted wife to support. Even if I grab a rock and crack the kid's skull, pretty much the only way I'd ensure to win the fight, there's a pretty good chance of legal entanglements and fines to follow. So what options are left? Someone looks straight at you in the eye and says, I'm going no matter what. You can fight or you can drop in. That's it. If you're willing to fight, then you're a local. If you're not, you're not. I completely disagree. Love the comment. He needs his happy lenses. Okay. Uh, great, great comment. But here's what you do, right? So if I love what the kid said, to be honest. I'm on, I'm on team kid here. Like I've been in the lineup before and just got burned, 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 burned by kooks, right? Where finally just give up. I don't care. I'm going. I'm going to go on the next wave. There's clearly there's no order out here. Like if there's no order, why am I the only one pretending that there's any kind of order? So this kid's smart, right? What you do to the kid, what you say to him, you laugh first and say, bravo. Then you say, let's team up and you can have all the waves together. Like if it's you two, like I'll block for you, you block for me. Let's just keep swapping back and forth. Like you got, you got balls, kid. You're the kind of kid I want. And you form up a new little local club. Now you're the, <laughs> for the day. It's like local for the day. Uh, you put yourself at risk getting punched out. There is going to be the guy that he's talking about. There's going to be a local who puts you in your place. You, I mean, I would think it would be agreed upon that whoever gets the others back. Right. And so if you drop in, cause nobody wants to take two guys on, like if, if it's one guy gets burned, you say, Oh man, sorry. Uh, is he, if he wants to fight, the other guy paddles out and say, what you doing? Nobody's nobody goes in one for two or very rarely do people go in one for two. Okay. Here's my question. Are you, 
This is the having, are you now that you've in, instituted that gang mentality? New localism. That's what we're going to call are it. Are you having as much fun surfing? Oh yeah. I think you're having less. You're having, I think you shift into that mindset of we're out here to dominate and all of a sudden it's no longer surfing. You, I mean, it's, you dominate as much as you want, right? You can let a couple waves go. You can be polite. If you happen to be in the right position, you don't have to, but if there's like, you just block, you block the peak you want and you drop in on, I think you double your fun is what you do. Hmm. The person dropping in on kooks and blocking is having just as much fun as the guy on the wave. That's the agreed upon. I disagree. I think the guy dropping in is having less fun than anybody because he's taking it so seriously. No, no, but but if you're by yourself dropping in, yes, that's a bummer. Yeah. But if you're with your new local buddy. Making fun your new, out of it. Your new Insta local, yeah. you're laughing. You're like seeing as close as you can get to taking somebody's board, like the snap the nose of their board right off, just yeah. dropping right on them. Yeah. See if you can slide out into their shins. That's fun. I wonder if Rico, Rico Emo is in Southern California. It sounds like a Southern California thing to me. Might be like, New York. Really? I mean, I don't see this happening in Hawaii or, um, well, cause there's good. I mean, he, he mentions it. It's close out beach break, right? Those yeah, are the yeah. places that get the gnarliest yeah, is yeah. like when it's the worst waves ever. And you're thinking, why are people like, I've had some of the, the harshest, you know, yelling experiences in my life at Manhattan beach Yeah, and like straight oh, up closeouts it's a concrete jungle that just funnels down to very few crappy beaches. Everybody's upset. But I really feel good about this Insta local thing where you can be, go Partner find a buddy, up. go find a buddy and be an Insta local. Yeah. You could start like a hashtag and just, plan a meetup in advance sure. and show up at 8 a.m. and we're going to partner. Sure. And, and or find battle, like scope the lineup, see who's being the most egregiously, aggressively dropping in on people and go up and say, Hey buddy, I'll get you more waves. Yeah. Let's do this together. Yeah. Um, well, Rico Emo, you need to email me to acquire your pair of sunglasses, but spyoptic.com. And then for anybody who wants to support this show, support Spy, use promo code podcast. That's how they know where you came from. You won't find a better sunglass. No, you really won't. Um, wide range and goggles too. Yeah. Free shipping when you use that promo code and a free t-shirt. The t-shirt's so epic too. Yeah. Um, I think we should close out the show with Barrel or Nah. I think so too. Um, based on an article that JP Curry wrote. Good one. Gambling. Oh, poor JP, but JP just got an outpouring. It's like, it made me realize that Beach Crit is better than AA. It's better than Gam or whatever it is. What is, is it? it? Alcohol Alcoholics Anonymous? I mean, he, did you see, did you read the comments? No. Yeah, there's a phenomenal amount of both help and support and yeah, an outpouring of love. Wow. And also criticism. You bastard. Which I would expect. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's uh, tough love. So barrel or not, gambling. Um, I'm so horrible at it, but I'm still full on barrel. Really awful gambler. See, but I don't have the, I'm so bad at it that I don't have the, uh, the bug. Like I just, okay. no, I just full on know I'm going to lose, but nothing's funner than, than sitting with a bunch of guys and throwing money anywhere. I mean, at any kind of sporting event that you have no idea what's happening at any kind of card that you don't know how to play. I'm but jealous that that, uh, that is not fun for me at all. That is the least, that's the idea of not fun. Really? Yeah. You don't like it, dude. I think so. I had one bad experience right before I turned 21, and I think that it was the best possible thing for me. It's all, I'm awful at it. I've had only bad experiences. Uh, I mean, we were at the when we were together at the Florida Surf Film, or no, I'm sorry, at a Surf Expo. Yeah, played a nice round of blackjack with the with the boys. That's the first time that I've ever won with cards. Sid. Yeah, with when you guys no, went no, across no, the street. No, no, when we at uh, Kevin's house. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. That's the first time that I maybe have ever won anything in my entire life. 
That was it. We didn't even play with real money though. No, I mean, we so did. that was fun. We did, but we did play with real money. I just, we just refused to take to, Kevin's money at the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, so I was 20 years old and I was working in a restaurant and that's the other thing I'm working for my money. Like sure. it was hard earned money to me, you know? And I had this really generous customer and I was going to Vegas. I wasn't quite 21 and he gave me a hundred bucks and he goes, here, dude, here's a hundred bucks. Go play one hand of blackjack. If you win, you keep a hundred and you give me my hundred back. If you lose, no big deal. You lost my money. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not 21, so I, I can't do that. And he goes, trust me, if you just walk up and throw a hundred bucks down, they're not going to card you. Yeah. I'm like, all right, fine. So I walk up to the table, put the hundred bucks down. They deal me my cards and I had a face card and a two. So 12. It's rough. Yeah. It's a rough hand. But I was like, I think I got, I got a hit this. on this, right? Yeah. You have to hit, boom, another face card and I bust. So I lost a hundred bucks in the span of literally 10 seconds. But it wasn't your hundred bucks. No, but I knew how hard I had to work to earn a hundred bucks that it stung as if it was my own hundred bucks. See, if I would have won that hundred bucks, I'd still be chasing the dragon today. I wouldn't even be here. I'd be in San Diego at an Indian casino. See, but I do feel like the people have the gambling. You either have the bug or you don't. I don't have it. So it's easy for me to splash around in that pool without getting sick. Uh, But yeah, JP really, oof, uh, like a real problem with gambling. I would not want that for myself. No, not, not that dude, he has a problem with gambling, but like to really, to really Jones for it would be a bummer. Well, there's no way to, um, it's a black hole. Like yeah. there's no way to earn enough to support the habit basically. They, but except for, I would say there's no way to beat the house, but I was just reading a story yesterday about a sports. Oh, the jeopardy guy. Have you read about this guy? No. Uh, so he's, I think he's only won maybe four games in a row. I think the, uh, record of Jeopardy is 72 games. That guy can. Yeah, exactly. Something. So this guy's won four, but, but he's such a phenom that people are saying, could he go, you know, this guy could do it. This guy could possibly run. He's a sports gambler who totally just put his genius mind into gaming, you know, knowing, um, where there's, you know, knowing that the guys who make the, the sports line, whatever it is, um, they're doing There's a lot equation. of, they're doing, and they're yeah. doing a lot of them a day, those guys, and they miss stuff. So all he has to do is be way more thorough, way more careful. And he's, you know, I'm, I don't know how much he's made, but he's, that's his job. So I think if you're that kind Interesting. of, if, if you can see the angles or see the shadows or see the light, um, that to me is more mathematic. Sure. Of course it is. But I'm sure that guy's having a ton it's of It's all fun. just a stat. The guy's just running numbers and stats. So it's almost not gambling to me anymore. Yeah. It's his job. And it's mathematical. It's like, no, here's the equation. I just need to apply the equation. I feel like gambling is an emotional. But he did say this guy, this guy said uh, in the article said that, you know, this, this job, this gambling job has afforded him to spend all this time with his family, which is great. Yeah. Uh, unless it's Saturday and college football's on, which says to me that he's still passionate about it. If he, if it was just hey, mathematical, yeah, yeah. why would you watch? Sure. 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 Uh, all right. So you're going barrel on gambling. I'm going barrel. I'm going, nah. I'm going stand up hand roof drag okay. coming out with the spit hooting barrel. All right. Um, barrel or not number two based on Mick Fanning karaoke. Oh yeah. That's a good one. How great was that? <laughs> Dude, I've seen him drunk in various people's Instagram stories, not just at that event, but like uh, around the world for the last six months more than I have since he was Eugene, like I mean, the Eugene days. He is back. He's back Mick in full Fanning Eugene mode. Dude. Back. Yeah. I loved it. I didn't even know what song he was singing. I, mean, I had to read through to was, find out that it was, it was knocking, knocking on heaven's door. Heaven's door. Right? Yeah. I, I it was, was so knocking on heaven's door was somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> it was, the, it was the best thing that happened at that event. 
Yeah, I agree. Absolutely phenomenal. Mick, shoes off to you. It was a wonderful, wonderful performance. On karaoke, I'm going to barrel too. Really? Yeah, I'm bad at it. But karaoke is only ever entertaining to everyone. It's bad. It's entertaining when it's bad. It's entertaining when it's good. How many things are entertaining both when they're awful and when they're great? Bowling. uh, If you're playing it, not when you're watching it. But if you're just like gutter ball after gutter ball, that that loses fun. Yeah. I guess the only bad kind of karaoke is real middle in karaoke. It's people who choose bad songs and sing them okay. Right. And that's, and they're like super earnest but, about it. Totally. But even that's funny when the people get earnest about their songs, the best, I mean, there's really no loose. Cause I even think about people choosing bad songs and singing them. Okay. Well then that's just background music, right? You don't have to pay attention. You just, that's it's when just you re-engage in your conversation with your table mate. A hundred percent. Oh yeah. I'm a big barrel on karaoke. You're, Again, I'm bad are you a barrel on getting up there and doing it yourself? The only song I think that I can do is, um, uh, what's the song from the little mermaid? Uh, different world part of this world, pa- a part of your world. Yeah. Something like that. I want to be where the what, people is, are. Is that, that one? That's Hemingway my way watches. No, that's you just grew my, up with it. That's my go karaoke. Wow. I want to see, want to see them dancing. That's a bold, you can really hammer it though. That song. Cause you can really feel the swell of emotion walking around on those. Go ahead. Streets. Uh, do they, they even have that in their catalog? No, if you I go to a karaoke. Yeah, place. sometimes I think I've only done it once to be okay. honest, but okay. they did have it there. Uh, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun. Want, sing it, David. No, don't I'm be, not sing it. don't be scared. No, Wandering I am scared. Free. Wish I could be part of your world. It's going to be the new intro for yeah. the show. <laughs> Cut Ashton out and add you. <laughs> no, don't leave. Um, Ashton's got to stay. So, all right, we're going barrel on karaoke. Big barrel. All right, final barrel or not? Surf brand tattoos. Ooh. So we've done. Like the, lost. We've, we've done tattoos in the past. You went barrel, um, but surf brand tattoos. I posted an image of um, wasn't a brand, but it was John John Florence's portrait that somebody got tattooed oh, on their yeah. forearm. Yep. I'll post another one of the rib curl search logo on somebody's calf. There's, today. A, there's, there's a lot of good lost ones out there. A lot of, good. a lot of lost ones. Yep. Conan Hayes famously had 17 tattooed, which yep. was a brand that only lasted for like six months. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the tattoo is still there. Yeah. I'm, I'm barrel again. Really? I'm on the triple barrel today. Wow. Yeah. Get a beach grid tattoo then. Uh, prove it. Oh, prove oops. it. Oops. What? No, I'm a, if it's your own brand, then no. Oh, yeah, I would never get a beach grit tattoo. Oh. But if somebody got a beach grit tattoo, I'd think that was awesome. All right, somebody go out there and do but it. But I would, I would go get like a Quicksilver tattoo. I'd go get any. Here, I'll go get a damn surf brand tattoo. Some you, the the uh, whoever the Which people. Brand? No, the people. The, the people pick it. The people pick it. Let's I, do it for a sponsorship. Okay. Yeah. Let's Great. monetize it. Let's monetize. Yeah, that's true. I was just gonna go get a free tattoo. Yeah, Oops. that's stupid. I was gonna, I was gonna pay to do this. Even. Okay, I was gonna pay for the tattoo to nope. get a crappy tattoo. Okay, great. So what? Wh- how is this gonna work? Whichever surf brand, I'll give them, I'll give them, uh, like a inch. Okay, I'll, one inch by one inch logo one on inch, your forearm. Yep, one inch by lo- one inch logo on the forearm. But who? Uh, what well, are the brands gonna get in touch with you? I guess I got to put it on Beach Grit. We will seek them out. And they will, uh, you're going to go to the brands and yeah. say, Hey, would you, how much would you pay? Well, look, we're already, we're going to be soliciting for brand sponsorship anyways for the show. But I, so this is part of the deal. Okay. Cause you get a tattoo on Chaz. Great. And then we, that will take on a life of its own in terms of articles will be written about it and people will comment about it. And there you go. Okay. Perfect. Done. I'm 100% in done. 
This couldn't have turned out better. Nope. Genius. So barrel. Yeah. But I was expecting a big knot on that one. A barrel. Okay. Are you, and you, and you're probably barrel too now on this one. Now that we're going to get rich off I'm, my tattoo. I'm barrel that you're doing it to your body, but I would never defile my vessel in such a way. See, but your vessel is undefiled. Exactly. Yeah. So well, look at my vessel. Yeah, exactly. It's no problem. That's, that's exactly right. All right, Chaz. Well, beachgrid.com is where people can go to find everything that we discussed in this show. Shout out to Shaq Surfing Heritage and Culture Center for hosting us graciously it's every bas- week. Basically like Disneyland really is it's like an educational disneyland it's like disneyland where you don't even get baked in the sun and have to wait eat. in line yeah no it's none perfect. of the bad parts only the good parts yep and then of course spyoptic.com promo code podcast support us by supporting them anything else Chaz? it's a great show today i thought so too i, was, I worked through a lot of stuff good until next time get better.